Hello and welcome to The Life Pod, hosted by Michael Panay and Karim Dow, brought to you by MK Enterprises, a community based on discussing life topics and driving continual personal development and growth. Send through any topics you want covered and be sure to follow and tag us on all social media at MK Enterprises. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Life Pod. Today we have on Josh Jones, one-sixth owner of <laughs> Augment House, House and Black Lotus Creative. Thank you very much for having us today in your beloved home. We're not going to disclose location. That's nobody's information. Thank you very much for having us, bro. No, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for having me on. Um, it's, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. <coughs> pleasure is ours. Mm. Well, I think the first thing we want to touch on um, is for those, again, because not a lot of people do know what you do because you're very not secretive with what you do, but it's hard to sort of pinpoint. Like, you know, yeah. for example, if we do a podcast, you can tell this person does a podcast. Like you do a bit of content, you do a bit of this. You're, you're already a PT, book. I'm a real estate agent. Yeah, it's like you're always reading books. Like nobody really knows what Josh Jones done. So fill us in. Yeah, no, fantastic. <laughs> I think, um, and I'll say to what I said to you boys before, again, a big part of, um, this is pretty big for me. Cause again, like I said, I don't think, I'd never thought that I'd ever do another one, another podcast. Cause I've done a few. And I think the biggest thing for me as to why I didn't want to do one is because I felt like there was that layer of um, inauthenticity behind yep. it. At least for me, you know, I felt like a lot of the times you try to paint a picture yep. and it's it's always through rose-tinted glasses. <clears throat> and this is for the first time in a very long time that I felt comfortable being in front of the camera and also just kind of being able to more authentically articulate it and also just, um, yeah, just, you know, tell tell the real on it all. So I suppose the best the best way to describe what I actually do is I'm a strategy consultant. Okay. So what I mean by that is I have a knack for taking people's ideas and expanding upon the vision. You know, um, it was, it, it's something that I've done for a very long time. I have had a very long storied career in multiple different areas i used to work in the fitness industry before getting into investments and private equity finance basically banking and everything before finally starting to kind of come in, come into my own start my own things like the uh, black lotus creative which is our content creation company augment house which i came into as an already established company and that's just a marketing monster on its own mm. and then starting to realize starting to be able to better articulate when people ask me what do i do finally be able to answer it because yeah it's a tough it's been a tough thing for me as well so correct me if i'm wrong you were in the fitness industry before you went into finance yeah oh so you pt then worked in a bank and then moved out of that i've stumbled from one success to another (laughs) it's the best way to put it and i think going back on not knowing you know how to i guess label what you do and i think we're in a world now where things change all the time and there's these new positions that do come up for everyone, again, with e-commerce, just this massive shift in society where mm. these roles will come up where we don't, we actually haven't had them before or identified them or have had the importance of them before. Yeah, absolutely. It's really funny. I think um, in today's society, the way that I've, the way that I've been looking at it, especially with the, a few of the moves I've been making lately, like I've been going overseas to, you know, countries that are moving probably a lot quicker you're starting to realize that, you know, you see things coming out like the AI, everything, yeah. and the, the yeah, the world's moving at a thousand miles a minute, and you're right, new opportunities are popping up, and I guess that's how I found myself where I am. Some people would just come to me with an idea and would go for a walk, and all of a sudden we've got a blueprint for something that is significantly larger now, and um, that's why I feel like I'm I'm quite lucky in that sense that my skill set that I have now is uh, growing alongside the environment that we find ourselves in. So very very lucky. In terms of that, 
so with the whole vision thing you were saying before, is that so? Let's say I, hey Josh, I have an idea of I want to make chess boards, <laughs> but I'm not sure how to go about it. So that's my vision, and then you help actually implement. Is that what it is? Like, cool, you need an ABN, you need X, Y, Z to actually get it up and running. Is that more so? Am yeah. I on the right track? Yeah, you are. Not so much the intricacies, and more so the the Idea. larger the larger vision as a whole. Like a great example is a helped a friend. I'm going to keep a bit things out here because he's still working through it, but he had a particular idea where he he needed he required a lot of capital to um, to execute on it, mm -hmm. and that's what he came to me for because of my investment uh, background. I have a lot of connections to um, equity. If anyone needs any money for anything, I can pretty much get it for them. And when we went for a walk, that's when I started expanding on his idea. And I was like, you're looking at it from point A. Why don't you look at it from point B? And he goes, what do you mean? And then we went down and we went in a completely different, um, different what do you call it? Yeah. Different direction. Yeah. And what we found is that he didn't even really <clears throat> need any capital at all. His whole business model had changed. Yeah. And it changed for the better. And ironically, I went overseas for a couple months and came back and he had executed on everything. Oh. And not only was it he's seeing significantly more success now, he just didn't require the capital and therefore the debt that he thought that he would have. So I think that that's the best way to articulate okay. it is you can give me an idea and I can I can break it down. And it's like simplify it almost. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay, give you more clear, direct vision on how to actually get there. Mm. I feel like that's a big thing, especially in today's day and age of everyone wanting to, you know, do startups or start their own thing. It's like, well, how do I do the thing? They yeah. want to do the thing. Make that change or, you know, that large investment or whatever they think it is. But it's like there's this roadblock of what's the first step. So I feel like that's where someone like you would come in really, really handy. And I think that that's probably, again, like I was telling you boys that um, I struggled with it a lot because it was very difficult for me to articulate. Because you know how sometimes you could be really good at something without explaining it? Yeah. And then obviously what comes from that, especially because I found myself being able to do it irrespective of whatever industry it was, I could do it. And I'm sure you boys have heard of this before, imposter syndrome. It starts kicking in because you're sitting there going, how do I know the answer? <clears throat> you know, what, what, what makes me an authority in it when, yeah. when you're not necessarily? And um, that's why I struggled with it for a long time. I struggled to embrace that position. Where do you think that, come, that came from? Did that ever come in school? Like, did you ever find yourself in maths equation, let's say, like figuring out things in a more simple way? Like, where did this mindset, like, stem from? Um... I've always been very analytical as a person. That's what definitely where it came from. I always I always look to under understand things as opposed to basically just try and ham fist my way through it. Yeah. And I think that that's what it is. And that stems in every element of my life as well, especially like literally every every element of my life I've always been like that, trying to understand something so that you can better define it or just improve on it. Um, and yeah, same thing that would have started happening at school. Same thing. I'd look at it. You know, it's like the argument of, with a teacher. They go you do a math equation with a calculator, they go, well, you've you got to do it without the calculator. And you, I sit there and say, in, in my mind, when will I ever not have a calculator? You know what I mean? Isn't that annoying That's though? Great. Especially the school system, they teach you things and how to do things their way and not how other people necessarily see them. And that's a perfect example because I was always one that used to work things out on paper and not use a calculator. Yeah. And they used to be like, what? Well, use the calculator. It's your, your job. To, you need to use the calculator. It's like, I don't like using the calculator. Mm. You know, they'd force you to do things in a certain other way. I think, um, so you're in your, your PT industry. What sort of shifted you out of that and then heading into the more <coughs> finance side? Well, this is the interesting thing. So um, I used to be, 
I hate to say this word, but I guess one of the OG influences back in the day. <laughs> it, it was a complete accident. I one of, A couple of my friends encouraged me to put up a... Um, I had randomly got in shape. I'll tell you the short story of how I got in shape. It's the funniest thing. And a couple of the boys, you know, still close friends with everyone. A couple of the boys will have a laugh at this. The whole reason I even got in shape in the first place was because... Do you remember the movie 300? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. there used to be... The Spartan used, movie. Yeah, there used yeah. to be this thing called the Rugby Sevens way back in um, Wellington, and it was a big rugby tournament over a weekend. It's, it's the Sevens are still going, aren't they? Uh, not how they used to be. Uh, okay. It used to be a big dress-up event, right? Oh, okay. So this was peak 300 period, and all the boys were like, we should all just get in shape, and we'll, you know, we'll go as Spartans. <laughs> and I was the only one, like nine months, man, I was the only one that got in shape. Yeah, actually, you got to imagine how pissed off I was when I'm sitting there, bro, in what a full, full half naked, and I've got two bros and a Batman in a Robin suit. You know what I mean? It's like, boys, come on, man, where's the commitment? But anyways, they encouraged me to start up a fitness page, so I did that, and I'll never forget. I wrote something about, um, so I had like sixty followers, right? And oh, the annoying thing, I hate saying this out loud, but I, I took it as my. This is funny as. Uh, I named it Swift, and the reason why I named it that was because it was my World of Warcraft character. It's funny as, man. I was back, you know, super nerd back in those days as well. And um, so I named it that. So I had like 60 followers. I wrote a post about bullying in the gym from memory, and it got like 100, it got like 100 likes. And I was like, that's random. And then I went to sleep, woke up next day. There was like over 100,000 shares. Which like, back in likes. that day was... Yeah. yeah this Even been, in today's day and age, like that's huge. That's huge. For back then, that's... It would have been like 2,000 just... The end of 2012? Like you said, the Ziz era. Yeah, like literally just after that, you know, rest in peace after he just passed away. I feel like a lot of us in that time just kind of came up. So that happened. Um, now, that went for quite a while. I mean, that was my first time coming to Melbourne was because I came with a, um, a company. They flew me over. And what I noticed is that <clears throat> I started getting really toxic in that industry. It's probably the best way to put it. I, um, I started being very anti the entire industry and the reality is is if you have a if you approach any kind of business or any kind of thing from a negative place yeah like attack i still see it today it's funny as a you know someone i still watch people in the fitness industry not naming any names of course but when if your whole selling point is coming from an attack saying you know people are idiots and blah 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 or this is dumb i'd rather be authentic you're not really going to get really far with it and that's what was um <clears throat> that's what was happening i found myself by income coming from it, from online personal training, just declining because people were looking at me and, you know, I wasn't inspiring or anything. I was negative more than anything. Yeah. So at that point, I was in a really messed up situation uh, financially and just living situation. I was with my ex-partners. We're at her um, parents' house back in Perth. And I said to myself, something's got to change, man. And I, I regret this. <laughs> I regret doing this. Have you? I'm sure I saw when um, my boy Ted. Um, he was a guy back in the day as well. He's uh, Teddy. Te Teddy's Teddy. A Teddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and I spoke about this not that long ago. Because what I did is something <coughs> really stupid. I was like, there's the only way that the only way because I had a pretty large following, and I said the only way that I'm gonna actually change is by deleting everything. So I deleted all my Instagram. I deleted all my Facebook, and then um, I said, what? I went back to basics. Sat there and said to myself, "Okay, what um, what what is my core skill set? Mm. I've always been good with numbers. I've always been analytical, and I've always been able to just look at statistics quite well. So I said, let me try get into finance. I had no degrees, nothing that could kind of put me in that situation. So what I did is I go, okay, what's the lowest access point, which is probably a sales desk job there." And I said, okay, how am I going to stand out? So what I did is use the rest of my money without sounding dramatic. It was like quite literally the rest of my money. I had about a couple grand left um, on an advanced diploma in financial planning. 
and I just wanted to put something of finance on my CV. So I slapped that onto my CV and um, started applying for jobs here. And I got I got an interview here. This was 2000, 2016. So this is in Melbourne? Yeah. Because yep. I was in Perth, sorry. I was in Perth when all of this was on. So you oh, okay. obviously grew up in New Zealand and then when did you come to Perth and why Perth? Like <coughs> My uh, ex-partner's family was from there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, we so you guys came from New Zealand together to Perth. Okay. Yeah. Got to Perth, got into that situation. Yep. Flew here for a job. Well, no, tell a lie. I got a couple telephone interviews for a job, which I thought was awesome. I was like, cool, maybe I'm going to get it. But they said, we can't really give it to you. We can't see you. Like, we just got to see how you are in person. Yeah. So I flew over for the day, did an interview in person. I knew I had the job the moment, because I met the CEO. And I knew I had the job the moment he started talking about the All Blacks. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, there we are. Yeah. Maybe he like, pulled yeah. the racist card. <laughs> <laughs> was he in New Zealand? A lighter shade of brown. Hey? <laughs> was he in New Zealand as well? Uh, he was half Kiwi. Oh, and, yeah. um, but you were like... What's up, What's up, oops. And then, yeah, he, um, I got the job and then everything just started picking up momentum from there. Yeah. Even that is a journey and it's, um, my finance career was a journey in itself. It's probably where I learned for the first time, and I've, I've done a podcast on this before, but um, for the first time, how to play the game. So the corporate game, um, have you, like, okay, so how, how would I articulate this? Obviously, one thing that I learned really quickly when you're working in a corporate job is it does not matter how hard you work. You can work like a slave and you will get nowhere. If anything, you work too hard, you become too valuable in the position that you're in and you shoot yourself in the foot. And that happened to me a couple that's of times. That's so true. Yeah, it is, eh? Mm. I feel like that's with any, like, quote-unquote nine to five. <clears throat> Even if you're at a cafe, you're cutting carrots. If you get really fast at cutting carrots, they'll just give you more carrots for the same amount of pay. Do you think? Do you think a certain? Do you think a, I don't know, a type of power comes in that though too? Because you're such a hardworking employee that you're actually an asset. Yes, but to an extent, because you're only an asset until the company can't afford you anymore. Exactly. So I think I'm just saying it from my perspective because we, are, being in real estate, you work for the brand, um, whether it's Ray White, Barry Plant, whatever. But if you're an exceptional agent, you're then an asset to that company. Like they would be upset to lose you i feel like because weirdly enough I, this is a real funny thing i have a weird story man i was the i think i still have it too i was the youngest qualified real estate agent in new zealand i got my real estate license when i was 15 that's what another the what yeah just for this yeah. guy's in year 10 Damn. summer houses <laughs> and shit no because so is it an illegal thing that you have to how is that no this was well before they had you had to go to uni and everything to do it so all you needed was a certificate that you can get, and there was no age. There was no age requirement beyond the. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, there was no age requirement. This little kiwi can just walk around. Hey, <laughs> yeah. three bedroom, hey, nice toilet, ensuite. Yeah, exactly. There was no age requirement beyond the working age, which was fifteen, obviously, right? And I was doing work experience at one. I was just again not doing not doing well in school because I didn't operate the, the way that they taught me. So, <clears throat> anyways, I segued a lot there, but yeah, I I know the real estate game a little bit, and um, I think. I think that's an outlier to an extent because yes, you're working, you are definitely working for the company, but because of the way that you're structured, more often they're not with commission, it's in their best interest to keep you happy, you know? Because yeah. if you're a high performing agent, Correct. you you are technically the brand because, yeah. you know, people want to come to you as opposed to Ray, Ray White's the name, but you're the person that's, you know, built the connection and built the report, which I'll touch on later because I discovered the importance of that. Within, but whereas within a corporate environment, at the end of the day, especially in finance where you're burning the candle at both ends all the time, yeah, um, you're a cog, you're a cog in a machine, and as once the machine can work without you, you're gone. Yeah, it's well, so it's simple, true. like you said. It's like you're an asset until as long as they can. You know, if you're earning, let's say, fifty bucks an hour, easy number, 
and then they can you up to fifty five, and then sixty. Like they're gonna hit a point where like well, we can just fire you and get someone else that can still do it for fifty. Mm. It's like yeah, they might be a little bit slow, but we're happy to pay that. So like you said, it's all a numbers game. It's like they just want the work, the work done, and the and the box tick at the end of the day. They don't see it the way we do in terms of value and asset based. I'm yeah. th- I'm thinking of a story now where I have a friend of mine who their sibling worked. I think it was their mum worked at Coles headquarters for. 30 years, great salary, like an amazing salary. And it was so funny because the week before we were talking about how these large corporations, like you just said, fuck you off and just fill something in and they keep going, they couldn't care. Mm. 30 years down the track, they couldn't yeah. give a shit. And we had we had this conversation and the week after, they had called me and we were just like, oh, how's everything going? Like, yeah, mum lost her job at Coles. They just got rid of her, made her redundant. You know, great wage, there for 30 years, out yeah. out with the old, in with the new, someone new to replace, a new mechanism, keep going. Yeah, and it's it's very much like that. And I think that that's why, you know, you were talking to me about before about whether or not I like chess because obviously there's the chess board there. Yeah, amazing and, chess um, board. It's probably where the first time where I started looking at it like that. Now, what triggered this is there was actually an opportunity for a promotion um, <clears throat> within my team to deal with high net wealth clients. And... I, because one of the guys that was doing it, he left. He left suddenly. He came to the company and then left suddenly. So he left a big hole. And what I did is I reached out to him and said to him, hey, um, I remember you pitched for this idea and you um, you had a whole write-up of how you would approach it. Do you mind if I take it? And he goes, yeah, of course, because he didn't need it. So he gave me this whole document that he wrote. And me, in my innocence and I suppose ignorance, um, I actually shared it around with the, the team that, um, and they were all interviewing for it as well. So, you know, here's me going, oh, they're like, oh, you know, what are you doing to prepare? I said, oh, I've got this document. They're like, oh, wow, that's that's cool. Can you share it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. You know, and I'm just Unintentionally. Thinking, yeah, unintentionally. And lo and behold, what ends up happening? I don't get the job. And that was that point where I said to myself, I said, okay, I can, I work, I don't, I'm not going to say I work a lot harder than all those boys because shout out to all of them. They all worked very, very hard. But I said to myself, um, I have got to, um, I've got to figure out how to play the game better. You know, I can't just be sitting here and um, filling in a seat and not being respected for, you know, my intellect and what I'm, what I'm capable of bringing. And that's when I started playing the game. And by playing the game, I mean full blown chess. Have you ever, have you ever read the book? And I took this book way too literally. Um, 48 Laws of Power. Yeah. That became, that uh, became my Bible. That, so I, I, I read that book and... I think like you, I took it extremely literally. Like I was even like, you know, mum would come in and I'd, she'd be like, oh, I love you. I'm like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, I saw you shake your head before. So the 48 laws of power are basically 48 laws that are very self-serving in nature. But as much as I'd hate to admit it, um, they work, man. It's like, fucked up. Yeah, the first one, for example, is um, never outshine the master. And the idea behind that is you should try fly, fly under the radar and build up enough credit to be able to move past that person. Because if you outshine them off the bat, you man, ha- have you ever been in a scenario where your boss has been happy that you've taken the limelight from them? Never, right? And that's what I mean. That's a prime example. One of um, the, my boss at the time was, as for lack of better words, a helicopter boss. He was around all the time. And he would take credit for a lot of the work that he never did. Mm. So what I ended up doing is I ended up working so well in my job that he eventually stopped flying around me. And then I was building up rapport with everyone outside, you know, people on his level, whilst also determining where I can provide value. 
And then when push came to shove, when I decided, okay, now's the time to attack, I approached someone that he couldn't say no to, and they said, yeah, I like your idea, I want you to run it. And the moment he brought it to my boss and said, yep, Josh has, um, Josh has brought an idea and I want him to run point, my boss couldn't say anything about it. And he was furious. And, and that's what I mean when, it's, when in the corporate world, at the very least, I started playing the game. I stopped thinking, how hard can I work until someone acknowledges it? And how can I build up enough social credit amongst people that are impactful and meaningful? Um, to be able to get ahead and I got granular with it man like I got unhealthily granular with it I'll give you boys an example like um, I always use this example let's just say a meeting um, I had a very important meeting where I wanted my idea to be heard um, I'd always look for the kingmaker in that meeting there's always going to be one person in that meeting that if they say yes everyone's going to agree with them and let's <coughs> just say we'll give it his name's John right if I know that I'm meeting John at 3 p.m. with a group of other managers, what I would do is I would message John in the morning. Well, I'd find out what he's I already know what he's interested in. He could be interested in golf. I, I'm not interested in golf beyond smashing a ball at a driving driving range. But I'll go and see what happened in uh, golf of that day over the weekend. And I'll go to John's desk and go, hey, man, did you see what happened to Tiger Woods this weekend? And he'd be like, oh, man, yeah, it's crazy, right? So, yeah, then I'd say to him, you know, I've been actually thinking about buying a new driver and um, I'll send you some through Slack. You just let me know your your thoughts on them. And then I'll go back, send them through. He'll look at them and go, mate, he'll come over to my desk and go, mate, this is definitely the one you should buy. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'll go at lunchtime and I'll be like, yeah, no, I'm still thinking about going and having a look at it now. And then I'll say, by the way, we got that meeting at three, right? And he goes, yeah. And I go, okay, I've got a couple ideas for you. By that point, I had built up enough good report with them throughout the day that unless my idea was really, really dumb, I was always going to get the answer that I wanted. Fuck, that's in like a 24-hour turnaround just quick, just boom, boom, boom. And I think that's what you were saying before, building rapport... <laughs> Even on a very, very small scale, when I was working in a retail store, just again, being really close with the manager, having a laugh with them, being on their good side, if you're a little bit late from your break or whatever, even literally just building that rapport puts you in the good books. Again, gives you leverage to move and play your cards how you want to play them rather than just being told what to do. Chess. It's exactly strategy. It is. Yeah, it's strategy. It, and you can get Thanks. so granular. Yeah. Hmm? Sorry, I... I Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can get you can get so granular with it. It got to the point where you, one thing that you notice about C-suite CEO, CEO, CFOs, they're so structured in their day. Especially if you live in an uh, if you work in an open plan office, you'll notice that they do the same things every single day. Uh, you might have a um, the CEO get his coffee from the kitchen at eleven a.m. every single day, and you just happen to be there every single day next to him. You know, it like, might look like a just an innocent accident, but you're just paying attention to his movements throughout the office. All of a sudden, you introduce yourself, and all of a sudden, you're talking to him more consistently. And then all of a sudden, you're in that same environment with people around you, and he's like, oh, hey, how was your weekend? And people are like, why is the CEO talking to you? You know? And it's just those things that you build up. And it, it's wild. Like, you can get real subliminal with it. There were points where I knew that uh, the CFO, for example, where they worked on the other side of the floor, he would come through the office consistently to go to the, go to the kitchen, and I'd just walk past him, and I'd be, like, carrying my iPad. And like looking busy. And I'd be like, hey. And he goes, hey, how are you? And yeah, good. Have a good day. And I'd do it like two, three times in a row. I can't do any of my work on an iPad. I'm just carrying an <laughs> iPad around. The moment I walk without the iPad, guess what happens? Stops and talks to me. Mm. He goes, hey, you know, you, I've seen you've been super busy. And it's like, yeah, no, nah, I've been flat out. I've No, you've just seen, <laughs> you've, you think that I've been busy. Fake news, bro. He's playing World of Warcraft on your yeah, iPad. Yeah. <laughs> You see what I mean? Like that, yeah. So that's what I I got real for lack of better what, words toxic with it. What um? What was your? This is probably a difficult question. Mm. Forty eight. What was your favorite law? What's your favorite law? Reinvent yourself. I think it's number seventeen. Um, and I think because we have this predisposed idea that 
you you have to be whatever you are every time you wake up. It's like, man, you whatever you want to be. You know, like you wake up, you wake up, and you're able to pivot. You know, that's one thing I are feel we, like I represent. I pivot. Are we including is genders included or is this not genders <laughs> oh, included? Oh, oh, fucking hell! Hey, Come on, man. <laughs> Oh, look, that's a hey. That's another discussion. <laughs> I feel like we're all gonna agree with what we're all thinking. I feel like we're on the same page. We're gonna move on. It's a tough one, right? So that's why I'm part of the reason why I'm moving to Dubai. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. No, so you're moving a, to Dubai? I am. Like you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we will definitely get there. But um, I am, and that's for for a few reasons. But um, yeah. On that on that corporate front, I think um, when it comes to my favorite law as well, reinventing yourself. Yeah, and I I feel like that my story, especially as we go, there's still a few more steps into this. Um, it epitomizes it, you know, because I've always been able to pivot, and I think it goes back to the idea of what I was saying before, being able to articulate what I what my greatest skill is, and the fact that it can cross over to so many different areas. I think a big take home from that, again, I haven't read the book, but just from that understanding, I'm I'm a very literal person. So seeing that on a very surface level, even people working in corporate, working nine to five, and they go, oh, I want to start a business, but they're just stuck to what they know and what they do. So they go, oh, I can't, or I don't do this. Or they're like, oh, I'm not sure what I should do after uni. It's like, try shit, pivot. Like you did real estate, then you did finance, and you did PT. It's like you've done a bunch of shit, and now you're actually doing the thing that you love and you're passionate about. And it's, I feel like that's how everyone has to be, but- and Gary V is big on this. He's like, he put up a video. It was like someone saying, oh, I'm 30 years old. Yeah, I don't know what I want to do. He's like, what the fuck's the rush? He's like, just keep trying shit until you find the one that you love. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like, correct it. I feel like, is that what you guys are trying to say with that? Amen. I, I absolutely <coughs> agree. I feel like a lot of people get in their heads and they think to themselves that you're supposed to have everything figured out. The only thing that you understand, like my, my perspective on life, and it's probably one of the things that brought me the greatest amount of peace as well is, um, uh, philosophy stoicism you know i'm very stoic in my character the one thing that i i love reminding myself is that the only uh the only guarantee in life is that you die at the end of it and that's not to sound you know like i don't know like negative or anything it's more to just come to terms with it and then when you realize that you go okay so why am i so worried about what happens in the middle i think i follow i follow a few certain rules as long as i'm not hurting myself like doing anything to uh, decrease my lifespan as long as I'm not hurting others, and as long as I just remain conscious that I'm living in a shared world, um, beyond that, man, just go for it. Just <coughs> do things every day. So with that and touching on that and that thought, when you say things that don't you know, harm yourself or affect you, you're talking in the sense of like diet and, you know, and then getting into I more... I feel so like it's like very multifaceted. I feel like it comes as a whole. And I, I watch, I've been following you for a while, so like everything, it's like... How you speak to yourself, what you read, what your environment, what you see, what you do, who you speak to, if yeah. like everything as a whole. Okay, let's say you're just following all these very negative people on social media that are very suicidal, whatever it might be. If you're constantly feeding yourself that at a subconscious level, you'd naturally just sort of decrease down to that level on in anything, really. If you're always around people eating junk or whatever, it's like that whole thing. It's like uh, you're the average of the five people you hang around with type mm. thing. Yeah, I think it's one of those things and I struggled to come to terms with this because again, ironically, I think it had to do with my corporate career and how I became so cold and calculated. And um, <clears throat> But I started warming up to the idea and it was because of my mother, funnily enough. I'm a mama's boy through and through. Um, she she mentioned it one time. She said, you're very cold in your character and you've never been like that. And she said, you need to change it. And she got me a bit more in touch with like trying to get more in touch with the spiritual side of things. And one thing that I came to realize and I, I struggled with <coughs> it because I didn't want to admit that it was true but energy, man, 
like just being protective of your energy and also understanding that you have a finite amount of energy every day. So you've got to be conscious of how you're utilizing it because you, until you acknowledge it and accept it, you don't realize how much it's impacting you. And very much what you said, you could be sitting there consuming some stuff and you've got to say to yourself, why am I doing this? Like what, what value? Again, value doesn't necessarily have to be something where you're, for one of my favorite Learning. sayings at the mo uh, moment, moving the needle constantly. It's a little bit more about ensuring that whatever you're doing, it's purposeful, mm. you know? Whether, as long as you're doing something every day with intent, it's like, okay, that's a good expenditure of energy. I think a very simple way to put it for just general population listening is self-awareness, being aware of what you're doing, listening to. Like I do it very, very often and I tell the people that, you know, because it happens to me, like I go through my, who I'm following on Instagram and I unfollow all the time. I'm like, I haven't seen this person in a while, do I care what they're doing? Not really. And a lot of people take it personal. It's like, it's not personal. It's like, I'm just clearing out what I don't really want to see that has no value to me and that's not purposeful. So yeah, like I said, just being aware of what's going on. Yeah. Again, if you're like consuming that negative social media content, but you're just like, not like you're just blase about it, you're just scrolling through it, it's going to have more an effect and you're going to, it's almost going to be not too late, but by the time you actually realize what the fuck is going on, you're like, oh shit, it's actually done some damage and it's harder to come out of the hole. Yeah. And that goes a bit further for um, even myself as a Polynesian. So my background's obviously Maori. Um, I'm, what do you call it? Putting us all in the same basket, Polynesians. One of the things about us as well is we struggle. Fobs. Yeah, Fobs, <laughs> fresh off the boat. Um, we we struggle a lot with um, letting go of people because we feel like you have to do it to the greatest extent. And I think people don't realize that. You know, one thing about me, if something, something's off about someone and it's like impacting me in a way, I just move away from it. You don't, you sometimes, you don't need a speech or you don't, you know, you're not tied to someone at the hip. You know, it's not a ball and chain kind of scenario, right? Yeah. So from that perspective, it's like, Again, Polynesian people struggle a lot because of our families. We're always told that the unit matters more than the individual. And it's like, even that, man, again, to all of my Polynesians out there, the individual matters more than the unit until the individual can take care of the unit. You know, if you're not right, you're not going to be able to help anyone. That's, I would love to touch on that because <coughs> one thing I can say maybe within the last 12 to 18 months of my life personally is the whole notion of you need to be the best version of yourself to help other people mm. because if you're not in a good state what you offer anyone else around you whether they're friends or family is not you know not of any value 100 i think um i have a saying for a real real simple saying change your world change your circles world then try change the world in that order but i think that statement of you know be the best version of yourself there is a lot and a lot of layers to it because there's in that process of being the best version of yourself, there is a lot of times, and I had it too, where you see family members who don't understand that and they can see you as somewhat selfish at times because what you're doing to them is just for you, but they don't understand that it's for the greater good in the sense of you being the best version of yourself to help them in the long run. I've had heaps of arguments with like, you know, like siblings and stuff like that where they're just like, oh yeah, you're so selfish, you just don't care about anyone else, blah, blah, blah. And that's that's probably the hardest thing is the conversations like that with your, with your parents and with your family, with your close friends where, you know, you can come across as selfish. And, you know, sort of touching on what Karim was sort of saying about, you know, doing his thing to help him become the best version of himself and other people seeing him, oh, Krim's selfish, he unfollowed me on Instagram, like what a selfish person. All these things, that's the hardest thing about it is. Yeah. Uh, 
sorry, I think there's two things on that. Is number one is I think yeah, it's normal. If you do want to really level up, and we see it all over social media, like people like Peter try the best of the best in the world. You do have to be selfish, and that's my personal opinion. I feel like if you really want to level up yourself, you got to dig deep. You got to not speak to a bunch of people from time. You need to take like your day should be self-consumed, and I think that's normal. I don't see it as. I think selfish is the wrong word. I think there's an element that we're missing here, and it's what you said before. It's dependent because, yeah, your family, like, the only way that you're going to be right in your actions is if you're self-aware. So as long as you're self-aware and you're realizing and you're reevaluating yourself all the time and you know that what you're doing is right, that's when you're in the right. And I always say, especially to my family and everything, and even friends, don't put your expectations on me. You know, your expectations Correct. are your expectations, not mine. Yeah. You know? That's what I'm... Yeah, and that's what I mean. As long as you're self-aware yeah. and you're aware of the direction that you're going and you're constantly evaluating, then you have every right to be selfish because in that selfishness, you're going to be able to help a lot more people. Yeah. If, if you're, you know, not seeing your friends and family, but yeah, and they ask you about it and you go, well, well I don't care, that's what I have to do with them, you know? Yeah, obviously, not the right way to go about it. If you're going, hey guys, I need to do this for me, and on the other side of this, it's going to be a lot better. And then I can spend more time with these X, Y, Z. Like you said, being self-aware and letting them know that it's not, I'm not doing this out of hate or anger or ignorance. I'm doing this for a better version of me. Oh, I wanna, oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, yeah, go. I want to play like devil's advocate here and sort of ask you the question is, and then on that, it's all right, I'm spending a lot of time away from family because I'm doing all this work, right? And let's just say, let's just say me, for example, we'll use it for me because I wouldn't want to do that. But... I'm doing a lot of work on myself and I'm not spending time with my family, but next week my mum, let's just say touch wood, something happens, seriously, yep. they're gone. What the fuck does that work mean then? I have a real world example of this. So that I, my, I have, this is my single biggest regret in my life by a country mile. Um, when I came over here, I, I hadn't seen my grandmother for about six years and that was purely because my own personal choices. You know, I was, again, so focused on it. And I think that this has an element to play in their self-aware. And she passed away. And that's probably, I don't care what people say when they say, oh, I have no regrets. Nah, that, that's an absolute regret of mine and something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. Because um, that was probably where I've never felt that kind of pain in ever. Because that's when I started acknowledging that um, that was purely my choice, you know. And again, it was a lack of self-awareness for the age that my grandparents were at you know, the, um, uh, their health in general and just not paying attention. And I think that that's that point that I make is exactly that. You're like, I, I agree, but I think the fundamental key to being able to function that way is being self-aware because, yeah, you, you life still doesn't stop just because yes. you're going, you know, <laughs> and life doesn't stop for you too when you decide to stop. Yeah, I think there's also like a bit of a fine line. Like we're sort of getting into it now, but... I'm generally speaking about, again, the stuff you see on social media, like if your friends want to go out for dinner and you got shit to do, sorry, I'm not coming. Hey, friends, come over, let's go watch a movie. I'm not coming. But for me personally, I'm big on that. And I experienced it, again, same thing last year. My granddad was very sick and I made sure I'd go and see him every couple of weeks. And now, like, obviously it's sad that he's gone, but I made that effort to, you know, put family before work. But yeah, I'm still, on, on a bigger scale, it's more so when your friends, hey, let's go clubbing or let's go to a bar or let's, I'm like, bro, Why? What like that gives me zero value, I, and a lot of people get upset by that. Even it's like ninety yeah. percent it, of the, I reckon ninety nine percent of the decisions I make, either the way I see everything is either every decision you make is going to pull you closer or further away from your goals, and that's how I see it. So if I want to stay up late, 
well, that's pulling me further because it means I'm not going to sleep as much. I'm not going to be well rested. I can't focus as much. I can't blah, 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 et cetera. And then it's a flow on effect. Or it's like, I could go to sleep now, get up earlier, start my meal prep, X, Y, Z. And then that's that one step because it's that 1% effort that keeps pushing you forward. This is an interesting thing because ask me, ask me almost two years ago and I'd agree entirely with everything you said. And I do agree. I agree that when push comes to shove, when work is, it's work time, it's work time. You know, if you know that you need to do this work, you should absolutely be doing it. But you shouldn't be so blind to not realize the opportunities that come with you being places. And when we get to when we get to Dubai, oh, trust me, that's <laughs> that's where that I'll, that's prime example of what I'm talking about. And that's one thing that I had to learn because I was like that heavily, especially at the start of last year, just being like, okay, I got to be here because I know where I need to go. And it's like, yeah, but by just being here, like, you, are you getting it done? Getting it done a lot quicker than you need to? Cool, whatever. But by just being here, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities because at the end of the day, people, people are what matter in terms of in terms of everything. Networking, and that's um, yeah, and even networking, like the way that we networked in Dubai or the way that I've started to learn how to network now is such a different approach, but it works. And I think that it's that element of saying, yeah, when it's work time, do it, <coughs> and then when when something pops up and you know full well that you're capable of going into that scenario, do that as well because that is still an opportunity. And again. You, you're not going to get it if you don't get out there. It just comes back to self-awareness though. Like obviously, <laughs> again, like obviously you're, gonna, you're self-aware that if you're going clubbing, you not, probably won't network. You probably just have a lot of alcohol and be surrounded by, you know, drugs and that environment. But then if you're going out with a certain group of people, you're self-aware that that specific catch-up will be great for your networking. Exactly right. Exactly right. So it, again, it all comes down to self-awareness. It really is. But even at that point, I think it's more so for me personally, I like to think of it as being self-aware of what your responsibilities are more than anything. Mm. Like if you know you need to do work, um, you will need to do work. And um, just making sure you prioritize it, basically. But again, all self-awareness. So yeah, I suppose the highlight of this at the moment is, yeah, the self-awareness, just being able to be aware of everything that you're doing. I wanted to touch too uh, on your... Uh, finance background mm. um you mentioned capital and everything too because it would be really good to sort of get into you know businesses these days and i haven't heard of a business in a while where that requires a lot of capital um, and stuff like that so i guess how are you just in general the finance and everything that's happening in the moment the shift in society with things what are you sort of i think what michael was trying to ask is like do you have a basic philosophy for like a startup that yeah, does correct. require a lot of yeah. capital that's it um, yeah, mate. It, it, it really comes down to the business, I suppose. You know, it, it's really dependent on like how how you structure how you structure the business. I suppose the best example is the one I gave before. Again, I can't describe too many details because yes. it's just yeah, in the building course, phase. Yeah. But it's one of those points where you've got to look at all the options of how you can how you can effectively generate income from it, right? Because there's always different things. Like one of one of the big examples of that is SaaS models at the moment. You know, that requires you to basically build something. More often than not, you can bootstrap it by getting a couple hundred grand from friends and family and just doing that and eventually putting it to a point where you can get it up and running and then run a SaaS model where then you're getting a recurring revenue every every month, right? But it's it, it's dependent, it's really depending on the business model. Like, am I answering that or how are you thinking? What I was going to say, just for the people who don't know, how would you describe a SaaS model? Uh, so, uh, what is it like sales as a as a service basically? So what you're doing is you're providing you're providing something like 
What's a great example that everybody would know? Uh, Canva. Canva's the best example of a SaaS, really good SaaS business model. You pay a subscription. Subscription-based model that allows you access to whatever specific tools or whatever that you have. And yeah, you pay that you pay that monthly or annual subscription for it. That's an easy way to start generating cash flow quite uh, quite effectively. And a lot of the times, all of those businesses that are associated with them, because uh, most of them are tech, um, it doesn't require as much development as you think. More than anything, it requires attention. You know, because you can have the greatest idea or the greatest app, but if you can't get it out in front of the people, then it doesn't matter. Funny you talk about attention. One of the things we just what we wanted to touch on was. <coughs> We're all in, in a position now where we sort of do a bunch of things. We don't just do one thing. Now, this is something I got off Reese Livingstone. I'm not sure if you know Reese. Yeah, I know Reese. Shout, so out, he's, Reese. shout out Reese. Shout out Reese. He said, you can't have priorities. You have to have a priority at one point in time. Because if you have priorities, it means that one thing is above another, meaning that the thing underneath is getting less input and attention. So when we're in a position like us and Reese, we're doing a million different things. We've got like three or four, let's say, businesses or whatever it might be. How do you know how to fill the buckets? Uh, well, ironically, um, by having more people. So again, one sixth of the machine. I'm not going to steal this quote because I know my mate, uh, one of my business, um, <coughs> what do you call it, things, um, Sam, Sam Chambers, shout out, bro. He, he has a saying, and I absolutely love it, owning your corner. So the whole idea behind that is that you should be very, very, very good at one element of the business. And you should be confident in everybody's other, everyone around you's ability to own their own corner and then just having faith in it. So my answer to that is, um, and weirdly enough, I spoke to Reese about this, I think as well. You know, it's like you, the way that if you can fill in those CFO, COO positions as quickly as humanly possible, you find that you can focus on what you need to be focused on and what you're good at. So a great example from that, from my perspective is again, strategy consulting. So I'm good <clears throat> at being able to articulate the vision. Um, one of the other boys is being good to, articulate the actual strategy in terms of execution the other one of the other boys is good at um doing the creative and making sure that the creative is all on point and then a couple of the other boys are good at the branding and also just the influencer marketing but you see it all works as a system so i suppose the best way to put it is to just have more people you know just have more people that are owning their corners fine so like <coughs> use the strengths of who you have in your corner mm. well let's say Let's use myself or Michael as an example. We have our sole job, like he's in real estate and we do the podcast, you know, every week pretty much. When would you say, you know, I'm just going to still do my job in real estate, but I really want to push the, the podcast. Like how do you know when to go, I want to do this more than this right now in this point in time? I think it's when you're, you've got a proven concept in terms of the business, in terms of generating an income. One of the things that I've always... Um, I've always been firm on is making sure that you're, and again, I think it comes down to the whole chess kind of mentality is ensuring that you've got bases covered. You know, like I, my finance, again, not financial advice, although this isn't, I like when people say not financial advice, it doesn't really cover you on a lot of things, but more importantly, you're not really giving financial advice <laughs> half the time. Just because you say put money into this, yeah. you know, unless you're, t unless you're going there <laughs> and making the person put money in, you're not really giving them financial advice. But the big thing for me is I've always been like, get a bank account, put about 10, 20 grand in it as an emergency fund. Get another bank account that has about six months to a year's worth of expenses in and yep. make sure that those short things are covered. Now, if you've got those things covered and you've got a business in front of you that you know if you put all in and can generate uh, generate enough income to replace all of that within that time period, then you go for it. But you make sure you have that. You know, a lot of people, I find it foolish sometimes when people go for the the slingshot thing, you know, when they're, they're more <clears throat> I, they're more fascinated in the story 
rather than the actual work and what, you know, taking a practical approach to taking that leap. Yeah. You know, it's cool. You, you still have a story, but it's cool to kind of be practical about having that story as well. Yeah, 100%. And again, that just comes back to, to knowing your path and what you want to do and then preparing for that. Having that ten twenty thousand dollars $20,000 is, you know, safe money and then having six months of expenses worth there as well. Like, that's just smart. Mm. It's the same thing too when people had this discussion with someone else too when it came to like property investing. People just think, oh, I need my 10% deposit and stamp duty as well and then I'm good. Mm. I said, no, you need you need at least another, again, ten to $20,000 as emergency money. <clears throat> you buy, especially when you're buying residential and especially when you're buying a home that's old and you need to pay for things and, you know, if you've got tenants in there and all that stuff too. Like it's just understanding... I think it comes back to understanding your goal, reverse engineering it all, and then identifying what needs to be done for that process. Absolutely. I think that that I've always worked in that way as well when it comes to the practical elements of everything. Yeah. Instead of looking at the vision, start where you want to be and then just work back, go Z to A, and then you eventually just have steps and processes and then focus on the step that you're on. Yeah. You know, like don't jump, don't jump the gun. No. Yep. You can't. You don't need to worry about that until this is done. Yeah. You find if you're jumping that gun, all those other steps, it'll you just crumble because again you're you're missing things. It won't it won't add up. It's not the foundation. Correct. You're not building the foundation. Yeah. Exactly. I think yeah, business models. It's just it's such an interesting time too because people and going back to what Karim was saying, a lot of people have got a few different types of jobs at the moment, and it's really hard. And this is why it's great. Like your I guess new. Strategy, you know, as a strategy consultant, it's fantastic because there's, I feel like there's a massive gap in it now for people who have ideas but just don't know how to do them or, you know, just don't know the right approach to take them. Yeah, it's, it's a, one of those things. I like, I, and this is how I started justifying it in my head because, again, um, it was really weird. It, it, like I said to you boys um, just before, it wasn't until a couple of days ago where I started feeling comfortable and it was because of a conversation that I had with a friend that was here. Really weird as well because, again... Um, I, for lack of better words, I'm like a, I've always been viewed as a leader, natural born leader. So a lot of people tend to look to me for advice. What's your star sign? My, <laughs> like I don't, I'm not going to lie. I don't partake in them particularly, but I am, yeah, I am Jim. What is it? Gemini? Gemini. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I am Gemini. What's your angel numbers? Ah, see, oh, that's, that's, like, shit, hey. that's shit. Hey, that's shit. <laughs> I'm real poking the bear here. Huh? That's like, yeah, that's it. Hey, that, what is it? That 2, 2, 2 PM stuff. Send that, send that DM out to everybody. <laughs> no, what is it, like 11, 11, make a wish or something? Yeah. I don't know. But no, nah, she's um, helped me to articulate it a lot better because I said, because she asked me the same thing. Because I said, if you looked at me, what would you say that I'm good at? And she goes, like everything. She goes, you know, and she said, it's really hard to articulate. And then I said, that's the hard part of the problem. But what I found is that how I start justifying it now is, is like some of the best coaches in the world in terms of the, you know, NBA, all of that, just never really the best players. It's just that they could have the vision for it. And so I've true. always I've always been real hesitant about it as well. Like I said, and I'm not trying to poke poke the bear or anything like that with this one, but I've never really felt comfortable with it because I think that there's a stigma with whole like coaching and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I looked at it and I was like, I don't want to articulate it because I'm not, I don't sit there and try to make you feel better about yourself. And I don't. And I've always tried to figure out how to articulate that. I've never needed to because I've always had people coming to me for business anyway. But I, then I started realizing it was like, well, again, you. I strategize. I sit there and we have a very real vision that unfolds. Like I have your idea and I show you where it needs to go, how it needs to get there. And um, I pretty much hold your hand along the way as we figure out every problem that comes up. How does that go with a lot of people who, you know, have that 
Because some people that do start businesses, they're very headstrong and can sometimes be somewhat arrogant in the sense of like, no, nah, this is my idea. I want to do it. How do you find yourself dealing like with it? It has to be this way. It has to be this way. And you have to tell them, hey, bro, I, I don't think it's going to yeah. fucking work, bro. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate your idea, but I feel like it should be this way. I just don't work with them. It's yeah. the e- easiest way to do it. You know, with the with the the clientele that I work with at the moment, like I'm starting to come down slowly to, you know, smaller businesses, but I work with a lot of big companies and because of that, it's never been a problem. Like they're very much respectful of the fact that we pay you X amount. We're not going to do your job. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to do that, but I understand. And I think that I've been in a position, thankfully, because like I've done it with a particular kind of business area for a while now where ego does come into play. Um, And, um, I've had the pleasure of just being able to say, "Oh yeah, cool, go on." You know, if you if you've got a pre uh, predisposed idea of where you want to go, and it, it could be a good idea, but I feel like there could be a little bit more elaborated on it. But if that's where you want to go with it, then absolutely. You know, I don't need the stress, I don't need the time, and I don't, quite frankly, don't need to maintain that maintain that relationship if I don't need to because I don't want to have that energy, don't want to have the stress on myself. Another thing I wanted to touch on is how that links with just goal setting in general. And what you're taking? I know you. I know you have a free ebook. If, if anyone wants it, it's it's on, it's on his Instagram. Yeah, he's got a free goal setting ebook. Use it. So yeah, what's do you like? I know for yourself, my the way I've been taught and what I do. I look at the bigger picture and then slowly reverse engineer into sort of smaller steps and break it down like that. What's your sort of approach for for goal setting? Exactly the same way. We spoke about yeah. it just before going on to Z and moving back to A. I think the idea you don't like. You've got to understand where you where you go, like where you're going. Because then it's going to be much easier to just reverse engineer it and go, okay, I can't get there without getting here. I can't get here without getting to these two places. And then you get this little web and then you go, okay, I'll start there. Web. Yeah. And then more importantly, again, the biggest thing though is do not jump the steps. Like just stay on, if you're on B, stay on B. Don't go and look at C until B is done. Because then you just, again, you start thinking too far ahead and then you start... I don't know. You just get in your own head about everything. I think that's a a very good note to touch on. A lot of people, and this is a very important, we've spoken about it so many times, the importance of actually having a goal. If you just say, and I went through this literally two weeks ago, I was telling Michael, I was was in a shit mental state with my business. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not growing, whatever, need more money, whatever it might be. And I was like, wait, do I actually know what my three, six, 12 month goals are? Do I have a clear outcome that I'm trying to achieve? Because if you say, more money. Somebody could technically give you a dollar and you have more money. <coughs> but if you don't have a clear outcome that you're trying to achieve, you're literally chasing your tail. It's like, oh, I want to build a lot of muscle. So yeah, but where? Which body parts? Where do you want to go? What's What are you trying to aim for? And then you can actually do the reverse engineering and find the web. But if you're just trying to improve, what does that actually mean? So I feel like that's a, a really thousand big thing. Percent. And I think that, that comes into play of everything that we said before as well on the, um, the notion that... Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, then just keep doing things until you eventually figure it out. But 100%, I think, um, I tell you one, funnily enough, that I feel like a lot of people don't do do enough. And what I like to call kind of the wealth equation, right? It, yes, having more money is, is brilliant. But one thing that I learned is not only is, that's one part of it. The other thing that you need to understand is, and I mean very literally, what do you actually want out of life? Especially material. I know a few people who are, infinitely more successful than me and and i respect them for it but they're some of the most depressed people that i know mm-hmm. purely because they don't know when enough is enough because they've never done the second part they've made a ton of money but they don't know what like where was the get off point like for me i've got a very clear get off point like in terms of once i once i reach a certain figure i know that that's all that i'll ever need to achieve 
what I want from a materialistic and just, you know, worldly possessions perspective, right? But if you don't have that, you're going to be on your 15th Ferrari very quickly and, you know, your third mistress very, very quickly. And you're just going to be consumed by everything because yeah. more money just means <clears> that you're just a, the playground becomes bigger. It's so interesting that you touched on that because the, uh, the name of our show is The Life Pod. And, you know, with everything in life, you think there's there's an answer to it. And life is one of those things where I don't think in the history of existence from the past and the future, nor will one person have the answer of what is life and how do we balance it. From your perspective, though, what is, what is the perfect balance of life? Because you've just said there's definitely those two factors. There's definitely the monetary side. And it's not even the fact of... For me, it's not wanting to be rich. For me, having wealth is just creating time, you know, in this life that we have. It's it like creates freedom in multiple aspects correct. and that's all we want. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, we're all in the same position where we want financial freedom, ideally location freedom and time freedom. Absolutely, yeah. But then there's also the other side, which is the spiritual and energetic side. Well, funnily enough, and this this is one thing that I really pushed to a lot of people during COVID. One thing that I find um, that people struggle with a lot, actually, is, um, and I did this because the fitness industry is what taught me this, is I've always thought of, uh, let me try to remind myself, mental, physical, spiritual um, learning in general. And obviously, um, what was the other one? Financial, I think. You've got you've got to cover creative. You've got to cover all these bases so that you're not dependent on one. Because if you take one away, look how many people struggled once they couldn't go to the gym. And it was like because you've, you haven't filled any other areas or fulfillment of your life. Is that similar to what uh, Danielle Weber was saying? She's like, you've always got five things in your life, but you can only do three really well. She's like, you've got like your relationships, your health, and like one other thing, and two other things might suffer a little bit. It's like you can't do all five. Mm. Yeah, and that was an interesting thing. And I think that's quite correct too in a, to, a, to a degree um so we had danielle weber on she's an artist and she came to the point she was saying you usually have about four let's just say slots massive slots in life let's just say five for example and if you try to add a six one of those will drop mm. or if you try to add a seventh the other one will drop and it's I, i've seen it firsthand for myself like you can be very very into the gym and like, you know, let's just say you, you've got a competition and want to build that physique, you will find that if the time and effort and energy you're putting into that in the gym, you'll find that one other of one other thing will drop off, whether it's your relation, your personal relationship, whether it's maybe your work ethic towards your other business, maybe it's, you know, your work at your at your, you know, your job place, you'll find that one of the other things usually drops off. So that's the thing, it's just about balance you know, and and morphing them all together. I've found, I've found it, I've found a con uh, contrasting, and this is the beauty of life, right? Everyone, everyone has their own opinion of things. Um, I've been always of the opinion, you should be an expert at something, but you should always be a balanced individual. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, because that's what allows, what has always allowed me to not be reliant. Best example is again, when I was in Dubai, my training was not consistent, but because I had other elements of my life that I could rely on in terms of keeping me sharp as an individual, it didn't, I didn't start mentally suffering. You know, I started going, oh my God, my, I'm not going to the gym. I'm starting to feel out of shape. I'm starting to hate myself. It's like, nah, man, I'm, 
like a better words, we use, use this word over there. I'm running the ball. I'm doing something different. You know, we're running with business. Our mentality is on point and we're doing a lot of creative stuff. Mm. So it's like, I wasn't so dependent as someone that uses fitness as an anchor for my life. Like I start every day going to the gym and everything like that. If the anchor's taken away because I'm such a balanced individual because I'm also paying attention to other elements, I feel okay. So I do, I do agree with that, but I think it's more important to get more granular for me at the very least to say, I'm an expert here. But that has nothing to do with me also just making sure that my corners in terms of just me and as individual, like I'm taking care of myself physically, mentally, spiritually. <laughs> Everything came back to self-awareness. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and perspective though as well. Yeah. Yeah. Perspective's huge as well. What's been the change with you recently? So what, first of all, I guess it'd be good to sort of touch on what you're doing now, mm. um, your businesses and everything like yeah, that. What, what are the steps for, uh, for Josh moving forward? Yeah. Some of the stuff. Oh yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and what, cause you've sort of implied that you've had a shift recently. Yeah. What? Some of the stuff is crazy. Some of the stuff I can't even talk about. So a lot of the stuff that we do at Augment House, we actually do a lot of things politically. And that's why there's a lot of NDAs. So it's real funny because, yeah, some people will look at me and they'll be like, what are you doing? And it's like, a lot of the stuff I can't actually say. <laughs> but we, the Augment, and what we are, we are the masters of understanding how to utilize emotion, uh, you know, emotion for decision making. And um, Red brain, green brain. Yeah, you know, like, and I think that um, that's why we run like a well-oiled machine. You know, we did that a lot with a couple of things we did. We did a hip-hop and R&B festival, the boys. Juicy yeah, Juicy Fest. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. How was that? That was insane. You know, I Is think. Is that going to be an ongoing thing? Sorry yeah, to you 2024. Lineup's coming soon. Let's hey, get ready. Yeah. Nah, and there's a, there's a few boys that are behind that whole thing, you know, and shout out to all of them that are working hard on it. Um, but that's a great example. You know, we used human emotion and we understand, we understood we had such a clear idea of what Juicy Fest was. Um, what what was the tagline? Freshly squeezed hip hop, uh, um, hip hop and R and B nostalgia from the two thousands. Moment you say something like that, that instills curiosity in the people. Correct. You know, it's like you know how they always say that you you've only got if you if I'm with a friend, I say this to all my friends when they're telling me the ideas. I'm like, you're you're able to articulate your idea to me because I gave you the time. But if I was a stranger, I wouldn't give it to you. But if you could say to someone like, "What's Juicy Fest? Oh, it's freshly squeezed hip hop and R and B nostalgia from the two thousands. That makes them go, "What? Ex yeah, explain? Yeah. yeah." And then boom, there's your fifteen minutes. And I think that that's what we were able to do. We were able to take an emotion and make people feel a certain feeling they felt back when the, the artist that we brought, Nelly Neo Ja Rule, made them feel that. Oh, that's huge. So that when the time came, like we, people were wondering, what the hell is Juicy Fest when we were leading up to it? Pre-framing. Yeah, pre-framing. And building that and building, building the, the expectations emotion. as well, yeah. Moment, pe people vibe with emotion. Yeah. Mm. And the moment we dropped, 50% sold out in, the, in 24 hours. Yeah, That's that is unbelievable. Yeah, even a lot of the bigger players in, in the industry now are starting to come to the team, to all the boys and being like, what or how? <laughs> you know what I mean? I want a part of this. Yeah. And what was the lead up there? Did you have anything or did you just have an idea and like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to do this? Well, I came on, you know, again, and this is the importance of team. I'm not going to take credit for it. You know, there's there's one of the guys in the background um, who, who pretty much quarterbacked everything and then a couple of the other boys who are good on the creative side and then I got brought in from a strategic perspective. Same thing. And I think that that's the importance of it and also acknowledging it, man. You know, a lot of people can come on these things and that's what I mean, make it sound like they're, they're there. Nah, man, I'm, I'm one-sixth of a machine that runs like a well-oiled machine because we all do something. Yeah. But that's, that's that point. As they came to me and said, wait, we, we, we're doing this. Uh, we could use your input as well. And then boom, we just rolled with it. And um, that's the thing, masters of understanding emotion and how to how to articulate emotion to the point where we get people to feel it enough that they want to do something. And when you, like I said, when you, if we could pull back the iron curtain and you could see everything, it'll blow your mind away, especially from a political perspective. 
one last thing before we wrap up is what's what's in for Josh for 2023? Like what's what are the what are the moves? 2023, stepping into um and I feel like this is important, uh stepping into who I who I am. That's been one of the most difficult things for me for the longest Self time. Self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most difficult things I've struggled with is being able to articulate what I do. And I feel like because of a couple of close friends around me, they've managed to finally help me realize that. But more importantly, feel um, comfortable being a leader. You know, like it, it's one of the hardest things sometimes people don't realize. Leadership is something you can build it over time, but if it's inherent, it's a bit harder because people are going to come to you anyway. I know I attract a lot of people to me. And more importantly, I'm starting to realize that whilst I may not necessarily feel as though comfortable in it, I've got to come in and own it. Because if I'm being put in that position and it's just coming naturally, just got to accept it. So that's the biggest thing for me. In 2023, it's about finally stepping into what I what I should be doing and owning it. And more importantly, just stepping up to the plate and yeah, guiding people. Would you say on a very, very basic level, that's almost like fun fulfillment? Yeah, man, 100%. You know, finally finding something where it's like, a, okay, only my corner. Finally, finally having my corner and having your own back. You. Yeah. Fuck, that's huge. Yeah. So I was just going to say, it was just interesting because, again, speaking to someone too, and they saw a video recently on social media where they were just elaborating on, you know, why, like, why are Jewish people so successful? Mm. And it's because they work in fucking teams. Yeah. And we're in a fucking society now where there is just all this thing where you as an individual have to be successful mm. or you as a sole person, if you didn't do it on your own, then you're nothing. Western society, man. Even it's if Western we look society. at a prime example of each person in the circle makes good money. That's like Troy Candy and his group. Yeah. They've all launched G-Up which has done fucking exceptionally well. But it's like, they all have a lot of money individually. Like Troy, Oscar, Nick, they've all got a lot of money. But they didn't just go, oh, no, I'm going to launch this. It's like, why don't we do this together? We've all got strong points. We can all help each other and make more money and be more successful with the service slash product that we're trying to launch. And put that, put that on a lower scale. If you want to start a business and you've got an idea and you've got friends around you that can contribute to that, don't go off and do it on your own to show them, oh, I'm fucking better than you. Do it with them in conjunction with them and use, again, going back to using use their strong points to create a system, to create a business that'll flourish and grow and, you know, it's all about a network in the end. I think we're here. It's a prime example. It's like, he's really good at some things, I'm really shit at others and we balance each other out and then that, that, that's, how, that's how the life well, works. the reality of it is, again, um, and I learned this because I grew up in Singapore when I was a kid well. and so I was around uh, a, a Chinese culture a lot. And the thing that I learned from that experience is in Western society, we consider it a privilege to um, be working hard. So when we work hard, we wear it as a, a weird badge of honor. And we wear it to the point where it's detrimental to us. See, and the Chinese, I remember our, my neighbors, they, there was like six generations in that house. And I was like, that's crazy. But what you don't realize is that they're, they're all contributing. And, you know, 10 years later, they've got like 15 homes because they understand it. You know, like a Chinese family's, the parents will might just sit there and go, okay, you want to buy a home now? Cool, we'll, we'll take equity out of our house so that you can get started. And then they go, okay, so now that we've got two houses almost fully paid off, why don't we take out equity in both of them and get another one? You will never see that in Western society. Your parents will always say the same thing to you. They'll look at you and go, I worked hard for it, you have to as well. So and fucking way. facts. Yep. Not for us, but not for us as wogs, but like facts in, in society. Mm. Fuck, that's so true. It is, and you see it today. And like, you know, being in real estate, you see that stuff. From, you know, sort of on a side topic, mm. you know, where we are now in the world, what are some 
what are your views on investing and what would be some great investment options that you'd think? AI, a thousand percent. Yeah. The reality is, is that is taking over to a, a great extent. Um, the standard investing in yourself a lot more. And I'm not talking just financially. I'm talking literally take more time to understand yourself. You know, it's not some big financial investment. It's literally sitting there and getting more granular with who you are so that you can figure out and you can be more fitting. The one of the one of the things and one of the reasons why I like living up here, I'm just going to get real honest with you guys here. A part of the reason why I like living up here is because I see cars go back and forth all the time. I see them go back and forth on the highway all the time. And it serves me as a reminder of saying, how can I make sure that I stay away from that? And a lot of that allows me to start thinking a lot more about, well, what can I do as a person to provide more value? So that's what I mean when I say invest in yourself. Understand what you're very, very good at and find out how you can leverage it. And um, yeah, in terms of raw investments, honestly, right now, AI is probably the biggest thing. Um, yeah, because everything else is kind of red. Anything you can say rigged? Red. Oh, red. red. I feel like in general, just there's another whole, there's a whole other conversation, but just mm. trying to, any business you have, really try and automate and systemize things. I feel like it's a really big thing. Thousand percent. The more that you can automate uh, things, the more you free up time. And ultimately, that's what we want to do, right? And even from a consumer standpoint, if especially if it's a service-based business, you reduce friction. Amen. Anytime you can reduce friction, it makes buying easier. A lot of the times people focus too much on expanding rather than refining. You know, you, you refine, 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 expand. Serve your current customers really well. Make sure they're happy. Customer journey is good. LTV is good. Make sure your retention's good. Then you can go, okay, boxes are being ticked. Yeah, that's everyone's just, happy. That's just because I think we're in again a fast-paced society where we just get caught up. Yeah, yep. amen. It's all about the next move. But like you said, have you have you completed B before you go into C? Yeah, exactly. Fucking oath. Throughout your journey, just wrapping up. Throughout your journey, your business, everything you've gone. All through. the fifty-five jobs you've had. Yeah. <laughs> all the 50, yeah, all the fifty-five. You used to think it was right. a bad thing until recently, but yeah, yeah. What are some What are some of the take homes and what are the biggest things you've learned? Um, the biggest take homes for me, for sure, is just um, never be afraid. Like, don't be afraid to just run the ball, man. Like, that's the the biggest thing for me. Like, don't try to make too much sense of life, because again, the only thing that really matters is that you'll you will die at the end of it. So it's like, don't try to make too much sense of life and just just live it. Like, sit there and just go. If something's not working, pivot. If um, if you're not in a position to be able to do it, we'll figure out how to how to put yourself in that position. You know, you're 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 your own biggest roadblock in this thing, and a lot of Fuck the time that's, that's because you get in your head. You know, so don't spend, don't waste more time than is needed to um spend, don't don't waste more time than is needed thinking about life and just focus on living it instead. Again, a whole other thing of like self limiting beliefs and like NLP. Do you have you looked into NLP much? Yeah, like, yeah. So so important. Mm. And for those who don't know, NLP is. Uh, neuro-linguistic programming which is pretty much learning how to beat the shitty voice in your head to that tells you you're shit and you can't do things well and you actually can and if you can unlock a positive voice in your head your level of exposure to the world of what's really possible is literally like there's no limit mm. open AI will probably do something to help that <laughs> probably <laughs> tell me I'm good <laughs> yeah tell, please tell me I'm good tell me, what tell me you love do. me <laughs> <laughs> oh the thing is with that with that, with that close to it it's so scary yeah i know um josh i just personally wanted to thank you so much you have said some pretty like i sat here in silence for a bit of it and just really listening to what you what you've said and what you're saying and i love your perspective on life and yeah it just i've got some stuff to think about it's, it's been a great episode yeah time to get granular i feel like that's a big take home really analyze what the fuck's going on be self-aware 
And then once you've made that pivot to what you actually want to do, complete each task or each step before you jump to the next. Again, Josh, thank you very, very much for this chat, bro. It's amazing. If you're not already following me on Instagram, Augment House, Black Lotus Creative, let him fix your business because you're probably not doing it right. <laughs> and we'll chat to you guys on the next episode, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, guys.